Today I'm talking about an end times timeline. I want to take you through the events that are about to happen related to Israel and the world specifically. I'm talking about the rapture of the church. Very interesting topic. I'm going to be answering questions such as, is what's happening right now in Israel, in Jerusalem and in Israel, is this the beginning of the Gog and Magog war? What about the Biden administration and their policies related to Israel? And will believers in heaven be able to see their relatives suffering on earth during the tribulation. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Welcome to the show today. I want to get right into this teaching because it's a it's a pretty good sized teaching about the rapture of the church. I'm talking about a timeline related to Israel. I talked in the last program about prophecies that have already been fulfilled since 1948, very significant prophecies that have been fulfilled. But there are a number of prophecies that are about to be fulfilled. They're happening, many of them, right before our eyes right now. Now I'm going to begin by talking about the rapture of the church. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. He was talking about the generation that saw the beginning of the end times, which began May 14th of 1948. And we know that based on Joel chapter 3. Uh, this is Joel chapter 3, verse 1. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is the valley between the, the uh, Mount of Olives and the Temple Mount. And so this is Armageddon. This is the last scene of history, Matthew 19, Zechariah 12 through 14. This is where history will end at the second coming, not the rapture at the beginning. There's a rapture at the end, but this is the second coming. And so Jesus says uh, that the generation that sees the beginning will see all things, all things fulfilled. And then God says in Joel 3, 1, the, at the same time, that I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, 1948, I'm going to bring all the nations down to the Valley of Jehoshaphat. So the end times is a one-generation event, and this is confirmed in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So if that's true, we're 73 years in to the end times, you know, based on 1948 being the beginning, 73 years in. What that means in my mind is a lot of things are about to happen. And the next major event that I believe will happen will be the rapture of the church. Now let me just say, next, I'm, I'm going to go through a detailed timeline now for the next several weeks. I'm going to go through events that I believe that are going to happen in succession. Now next week I'm talking about the Gog and Magog War. I'm going to be talking about it in the, the second session section of this program today. But the Gog and Magog War and the rapture, I believe, will happen pretty close to one another. It could be that we see the beginning of the Gog and Magog War, which I really believe we're already seeing, that we see the beginning of it, but then we're raptured and then the, the full war takes place. It could be that we're here during that, but not for the signing or the you know, confirming of the covenant between the Antichrist and Israel, according to Daniel chapter 9. But I believe the rapture of the church is imminent. Now, this is one of the questions that I get very often, and that is, does anything else have to happen for the rapture to take place? Absolutely not. Now, if you've heard me teach... You know that I believe the seven feasts of Israel are a prophetic grid. Jesus was crucified on Passover. He was buried on unleavened bread, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. 
He was resurrected on the Feast of First Fruits. Pentecost came when the Holy Spirit fell on the church during the Feast of Pentecost, exactly. So there are seven feasts. Four have been exactly fulfilled. The next feast that will occur this September will be the Feast of Trumpets. And I believe that the rapture of the church will happen during the Feast of Trumpets. And you say, Jimmy, well, we don't know the day or the hour. The Feast of Trumpets is a two-day feast. If I told you it was going to happen this year, uh, you still wouldn't know the day or the hour. But let me say this. The first four have been exactly fulfilled. The feasts are a prophetic grid of the future. There were four spring feasts and there are three fall feasts. The next feasts that are going to be fulfilled will be in the fall of the year. And I believe the rapture is next and I believe it's imminent. So let me, let me talk about the doctrine of the rapture for just a minute. 1 Thessalonians 4 is the most graphic description of the rapture uh, in the Bible. This is Paul, verse 13. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. That means people whose bodies are laying on the earth, but their spirits are in heaven. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, the uh, raptures associated with trumpets. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's, that's the word harpazo in the Greek, rapturo in the Latin, where we get our word rapture. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord, therefore comfort well, that, uh, one another with these words. Well, here's the truth. And so we know according to 1 Corinthians 15, which I'm about to read here, it happens in the twinkling of an eye. It's an instant event that takes place where people who are dead in Christ, those who have preceded us in death, who are believers, they're going to return with Jesus and those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up. It means to seize hastily. We're going to be raptured in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is an event that happens in the air, and that's important because of a scripture I'm going to read here in just a minute. There will be a generation that never dies. I, I believe we are that generation. Many of us will never see death. We will go in the rapture, and I think that's a wonderful blessing. That's why Paul said comfort each other with these words. The other comforting thing is if you have relatives who have passed before you, their bodies are asleep or laying down uh, and buried, but their uh, spirits are with Jesus. And their spirits will be reunited with resurrected, glorified bodies. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the clouds in the air in our new uh, bodies, perfect, perfected bodies. This is 1 Corinthians 15. This is another description of the rapture. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead, in, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. The, the word there for a moment is the Greek word atomos, which means, we get a word atom, it means an indivisible amount of time. The twinkling of an eye, someone said, to, takes one fortieth of a second. This is not enough time to repent, not enough time to receive Jesus, not enough time to get your life right. That's why t Jesus told us to watch and be ready when he returns. But there is an event that's going to come and it's going to change us into an incorruptible person. From that point forward, we have no sin nature. 
from that point forward, we are, we're, our minds are perfected, we're perfected, and we live in the presence of God. And that's a wonderful thought. And Jesus describes the rapture in Luke 17. Let me just tell you right now, there's a rapture before the tribulation, before wrath, and there is a rapture at the end of the tribulation, and Jesus describes both of them. Let me begin before the tribulation. As the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. Now, now notice here, he's describing business as usual, just a, a normal, uh, a world full of sin and violence like Noah, but business as usual. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven to destroy them all. Let me stop right there. I'm going to continue with verse 30 here in just a second. But you understand now, when the angels came to get Lot, and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah, they said, you have to leave here. We can't judge this place until you're out of here and you're safely at your destination. Lot was not present. See, God, God didn't tell Lot to build a bunker and buy guns and store water and stuff like that, that he was going to you know, prepare him to survive hellfire and brimstone. God said, get out. Related to Noah, Noah got on the ark and the ark was above the flood. God took him above the judgment just like he will for us. But Jesus is describing here buying, selling, marrying, giving in marriage, planting, building. That, that's not going to happen at the end of the tribulation. When, when people say that, the, that we're going to go through the tribulation, the rapture is going to happen at the end, the, the world is decimated. One judgment in Revelation 6 kills a, a third of a, a 25% of all people. Uh, three judgments in Revelation 9 kill a third of mankind. The, the world is decimated. Most people are dead. At the end of the tribulation, the world has been hit by a, a huge asteroid, a wormwood. Everything is just completely different. You're not going to weddings. You're not planning and building and doing stuff like that. At the end of the tribulation, Jesus goes on. Uh, Even so it will be in the day that the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he was on the housetops and his goods are in the house. Let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two people in one bed. The one will be taken, the other will be left. This is the rapture. He's describing a selective rapture. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken, the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one taken, the other left. They answered and said to him, where, Lord? He said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles are gathered together, up there in, in the air. That's what Paul said. We are taken in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So this is a private event between Jesus and the church. He said it's like lightning that flashes from one part of heaven to the other. It's an instantaneous event that Jesus comes in the air. We are taken away and it's a, it's a private event. Now, the rapture at the end of the tribulation is completely the opposite. Jesus describes it in Matthew 24, beginning in verse 27, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Listen to this. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, 
the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Okay, so the, he's describing here an incredibly public event. He's saying here, all the tribes of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in power and great glory. The whole world is going to see this. They're, they're going to see Jesus coming. And then he's going to send his angels to gather his elect from the four corners of the earth. Well, who are these people? These are the people who got saved during the tribulation. There's going to be a lot of them. I would say tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people will get saved during the tribulation period of time. Many of them are martyred. Revelation 20 shows us people who are beheaded because they would not worship the Antichrist or take his mark. So the people who live during the tribulation period of time, yes, they can get saved, but the Antichrist has power over them. We're told that in Daniel 11. We're told that in Revelation chapter 13. The Antichrist is killing people in mass. That's the reason that you want your relatives to get saved now. You want people to receive Christ now. But during the tribulation, they can still get saved. So a lot of people get confused related to the rapture because some people teach, some pastors and, and Bible teachers teach that we're going to go through the tribulation. Well, uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, the, it says that Jesus delivers us from the wrath that's to come. 1 Thessalonians 5, the apostle Paul says, God has not destined us for wrath. And so we're not going to go through wrath. In Revelation chapter 6, the tribulation is called the wrath of the Lamb. Let me say this. Jesus isn't mad at us. For those of us, the tribulation is wrath. It's not just judgment. It is the wrath of Almighty God poured out on a rebellious world. There's still grace to get saved during that period of time. But the penalty for waiting until that period of time is, if you do get saved, you have to face the Antichrist system, and you have to, to get the mark to buy or sell and all those kinds of things and face the penalties if you don't. But right now, for those of us who have received Jesus, there's going to be a seven-year marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven during the tribulation. There's going to be a seven-year wrath of the Lamb on earth. But at the beginning and the end, there's going to be a rapture. The people, by the way, that live through the tribulation, they'll be raptured. And according to Revelation 20, they will rule and reign with us in Jesus for a thousand years. And so here's, here's what I want you to know. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head. Your redemption is drawing near. And what I want you to know is your redemption is drawing near. And if you're a believer, don't, don't get fixated on what's happening in the world. Now, I love to talk about current events. and I'm about to talk about what's happening in Israel. But don't get fixated on the things that are happening in the world because it's all going to change in the twinkling of an eye. I'm telling you, I believe that Jesus Christ is at the door. I honestly, honestly, when people ask me just candidly, do you believe that Jesus is coming soon? I say, yes, I do. I don't set dates. I never set date because I don't know exactly when Jesus is coming. But when you see the signs of the times that are happening right now, I'm just saying we're seeing those things take place. Jesus said when you see these things begin to take place. He didn't say when they've all taken place. He said, when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head. These things have been happening for 73 years. But look at the escalation of the evil in the world. 
Look at the escalation of violence right now in Israel. These are all signs of the times. So I'm saying, as far as the timeline is concerned, beginning, talked about what's already happened in Israel, I believe the next major prophetic event that's going to be fulfilled is the rapture at the beginning of the tribulation. Business as usual, buying, selling, marrying, giving in marriage. Seven years later, there's another rapture for the people who got saved during the tribulation. So I hope that helps. Now next week, I'm talking about the Gog and Magog War. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit now after the break here. If you are a subscriber, stay tuned because I'm going to be talking about current events in Jerusalem and Israel and what's happening. And I'll also be answering some questions. If you're not a subscriber, $7 a month, $77 a year, love to have you subscribe. And the tipping point, this is just one of the things that you get uh, for being a subscriber. There are articles that come out all week long uh, about current events and things that are happening to keep you abreast of what's happening. We would love to have you a subscriber. As a subscriber, go to endtimes.com and you can subscribe right there. If you're not a subscriber, I'm going to say goodbye to you right now. If you are a subscriber, stay tuned. 